On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks split their weekend back-to-back in New York, snapping their aching losing skid on Saturday against the Rangers before a 3-0 loss on Sunday to the Islanders. I'll get into all of that, plus our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, December 5th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you like what you're listening to today, make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You could also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. I would greatly appreciate that. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Go and follow the show right now and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Every episode moving forward, folks, throughout the rest of the regular season is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so yet, do your boy a favor, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Go and smash the like button on this video as well. And last, go and ring the bell, turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all again for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. We're back. I'm sure most of you have noticed that I haven't done a show in a little bit here now. And first and foremost, let me say uh, I'm sorry for that. I apologize. I know my job is um, to be bringing you all daily. Blackhawks coverage. And, you know, I take that job very seriously. And I'm very fortunate, honored, grateful to have this position. I'm very grateful for the position that I'm in. Uh, I want to make that very clear. But the past uh, week or so, week and a half, it's been really tough. Some of the uh, most testing weeks of my life, folks, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, And some of you, um, well, first, let me just say some of it, I'm I'm not going to share on the podcast. Uh, one of the things that I will share, though, uh, unfortunately, was the passing of my dog, Kane. And some of you longtime listeners may be uh, a little familiar with him from, you know, either the barking in the background or uh, maybe just some, some sh- stories that I've shared over the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, the time that nobody ever wants to come with their dog. Uh, that time came this past week, just uh, you know, a few days shy of his 14th birthday. And listen, 14 years old, especially for a German Shepherd. I mean, I know how lucky I am, truly. Uh, I didn't know if he was going to live past 10, and <laughs> I got an extra four years. Uh, no doubt about it. I'm extremely lucky. Uh, but just having him for my entire childhood, I think he was my 13th birthday present way back in 2009. Uh, And, you know, of course, also being named after my childhood idol, Patrick Kane. 
um, before the Stanley Cups, before the Conn Smice, before the Hart Trophies, before going on to become the greatest American in my mind in NHL history and a lot of other highly respected people's minds as well. Um, Patrick Kane was just not, I can't even just say a huge part of giving, getting me to fall in love with the game of hockey. He basically was the reason that I fell in love with, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks and this amazing game. Um, so, and seeing the journey, of course, that Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks went on after I got Kane in 2009 and also the journey that I and that he and I had together. Um, yeah, it was just a really, really tough week last week. Um, no, and now that he's not here anymore, it's just odd. It threw me off, threw me in a loop. Um, just expecting to come home to him every day, not at the house, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's been tough. So I apologize again for not getting a show out here recently, but I'm back. Headspace is where I need it to be in order to run a successful successful show. I appreciate all the patience. Uh, and that, with that being said, let's go in and dive into the good stuff. As I mentioned in the opener, the Blackhawks had two games over the weekend of back-to-back in New York. First on Saturday against the Rangers, then on Sunday against the New York Islanders. Uh, and it was a pair of chippy games over the weekend. I probably should have seen this coming a little bit more. Um, it wasn't, you know, if you really kind of paid attention to what happened last season, it kind of just slipped my mind, honestly. Uh, two teams in the Eastern Conference, the Blackhawks and the Islanders, already met once this season. Uh, and things have gone down in those games. So maybe I should have anticipated that these these matchups against teams that don't see each other all that often uh, maybe I should have seen this coming a little bit more, but first on Friday with the Rangers, um, I thought the Blackhawks played <laughs> maybe their, their best game in well over a month, and they just seemed fired up and ready to go right out of the gate, and maybe some of that was because uh, this was the first time this year that they were taking on Jacob Truba and the New York Rangers, and if you all remember correctly, last season... Uh, Jacob Truba was the man who knocked Jujar Kara unconscious at the United Center with a, a very scary hit. Really ended up costing Jujar the majority of his season. Um, it, it was a really scary scene at the UC. And then Jacob Truba goes on to have many more hits like that last season. The Rangers make him their captain this offseason, which I really don't understand whatsoever. Uh, and Jujar. Right out of the gate, few minutes in, he and uh, Jacob Truba dropped the gloves. I don't love seeing Jujar fighting, knowing the concussion and head injury history that he has, but I do completely understand this being an outlier type of situation, considering what he dealt with last year because of Jacob Truba's selfish play. That you know he decided to go and charge at someone so he could make a highlight reel, and I don't know. And I get there's. A lot of people defending Jacob Truba, mostly the New York Rangers fans. Um, but time and time again, this type of stuff continues to happen. And look, he even doubled down after that fight with Jujar Kara and took a run at Andreas Athanasiu. And yes, I will say, AA's head was down. He was coming through the neutral zone with some speed. You got to have your head up in those situations. But I'm going to say with Jacob Truba, he can't keep getting away with this. And it's clear what he's trying to do. Look at all the hits that he's made like this in the past year, they're all high. They're all high hits. And we know what he's trying to do. He's trying to go up high. He's trying to make a big impact hit. 
to his credit, look, he's a big boy. And if this was 10, 15 years ago, no one would bat an eye. They, they probably put him right there next to Nicholas Cronwall. And I'm really not like acting like a huge Jacob Truba hater here, but it's the fact that he continues to make these types of hits, which end up catching a guy up high in the head. Fortunately, Andreas Athanasiu was okay here, but the fact that he's doing it over and over and over again, it's like a Tom Wilson type of thing. It's all they, all they can do to provide an impact to the game, really. Tom Wilson sure had one great offensive season. Been pretty down for him ever since. But it, it's just, look, I don't think it was the worst hit that he's made. Uh, he's had worse ones. The Jujar Kara hit was worse. But we know what his intent is. He can't keep getting away with this. That was another bad hit from him, in my opinion, in today's game. Today's game is different. I had people coming at me on Twitter because I said this was a bad hit. I agree. 10 years ago, it's probably fine. But the game's changing. We're trying to protect the players more. We're trying to get rid of those headshots permanently for the better of the game. And Jacob Truba keeps being careless, keeps throwing his weight up high, leaving his feet when he makes contact or right before he makes contact. Uh, it, it's got to stop. And I really wish Brady Kachuk pummeled him when they dropped the gloves last week, as did. Uh, the rest of the NHL fan bases other than the Rangers. But yeah, I don't know if maybe maybe Truba uh, just pissed the Blackhawks off and, and got them to bring out their best because especially early on in the game, uh, they had a good intensity, they had a good energy, and they managed to score first Blackhawks fans. They only did it twice in the entire month of November for just the fifth time this season. The Chicago Blackhawks scored the opening goal of the game. Reese Johnson redirects Jake McCabe's shot from the point for his second goal of the season. That put the Blackhawks ahead one to nothing. And really the rest of the way was good goaltending and strong play by the Blackhawks man advantage. They wind up netting three power play goals. A pair of them come on a five on three situation for the Hawks. Patrick Kane uh finally I shouldn't say finally it was his second goal in four games, but just the second time he had scored in his last 16 he pots his fourth goal of the season on the five-on-three. Just, uh, I think, a little over a minute later, Max Domi scores on the five-on-four for his eighth goal of the season to stay red hot. Domi also went on to add the empty netter for his second point of the or second goal of the night. Uh, and then Taylor Radish to kind of give the Blackhawks that extra cushion late in the game. Mika Zibanejad got the Rangers on the board to make this three to one a little bit interesting late. Taylor Radish goes and adds the Blackhawks' third power play goal of the game. Really to seal the deal. Three-point nights for both Patrick Kane and Max Domi. And the cherry on top, beating Jacob Truba in the New York Rangers. Great to see the Blackhawks finally snap this losing skid of theirs. Won just twice in the entire month of November. Had an eight-game losing skid going before this trip out to Madison Square Garden. And the Blackhawks pick up a, a very nice 5-2 to win over the Rangers on Saturday night. The only negative is they wound up losing goaltender Peter Morazic in the process as he was forced to exit after the second intermission. And stick around, folks. In just a moment, I'll provide the latest updates on Peter Morazic's status as well as a couple of other injured members of the Chicago Blackhawks. But first, real quick, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is something I try and use every morning, whether it's before the show, I did have my one scoop before the show to get me energized. Whenever I'm going golfing with some of my buddies, make sure to get that one scoop in there early in the morning just to get my full system on go. 
uh, because with just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And this special blend of ingredients is really tremendous. It helps support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder themselves experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. And that used to cost them over $100 per day. But now Athletic Greens has created the optimal and affordable nutrition routine that costs you only $3 per day, which is such an easy and cheap way to invest in both your health and your body. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D along with five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Segment two, as I just mentioned a moment ago, the only real negative I had from Saturday's victory over the New York Rangers was that Peter Mrazek was forced to exit after suffering yet another groin injury, folks. Fortunately, it's not the same groin that's kind of plagued him throughout the past few seasons and has cost him some time already early on this year. Uh, but he is expected to miss at least a week, according to Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson. And it was really unfortunate for Mrazek because he was playing spectacular on Saturday night against the Rangers before leaving early. He stopped 21 of the 22 shots that he faced. And with this really being a game where uh, the special teams kind of made the difference, the Blackhawks scored three power play goals. The Rangers had one. Uh, by the way, the Blackhawks power play goals in four consecutive games with their three goal effort on the man advantage against the Rangers. At five on five, Peter Morazic made all the stops he needed to to keep the Blackhawks ahead. A couple of dandies. He was looking really solid in an unfortunate situation, but he has another nagging issue that he has to deal with. Uh, and for the Blackhawks, Morazic and Soderblom, I, I got to <clears throat> actually make a correction. It's a habit now to say Soderblom. The name has been changing over and over and over again. We've heard it from Chris Vosters, Troy Murray, Patrick Sharp. They've called them a bunch of different names throughout the course of the season. I guess now it's Arvid Soderblom. I'm going to do my best to stick with Soderblom. Uh, hopefully there's no more name changes on that front. But anyways, the Blackhawks really have been rotating those two flip-flopping starts for the greater portion of the last month with Alex Stalock still kind of working his way back from a concussion. Uh, so now that the Blackhawks are down without Morazic for at least a week, uh, that left Arvid Soderblom as the only healthy goalie on the roster. Before the game on Sunday, the Blackhawks were forced to make a move. They were called goaltender Jackson Staubner from the Rockford Ice Hogs of the AHL. Not a lot of action for Staubner so far this year because, well, he was also hurt for Rockford. The Blackhawks' organizational goaltender position just has not been able to stay healthy so far through the early portion of this season. Stauber now is the backup for Soderblom. Don't expect Jackson to get much action, if any. Um, probably the only time he'll get in there is if Soderblom's getting uh, shelled out there. So the Blackhawks just need bodies right now. That's the biggest thing. 
it's been another tough start to the season for them injury-wise. Not only are they down to uh, their two AHL goalies, I mean, assuming everyone's healthy, Soderblom and Stavner are the one and two down in Rockford, uh, but the Blackhawks haven't been able to make any uh, lineup changes here the past couple of games because they're dealing with some un- other injuries as well. Both Sam Lafferty and Jared Tenorti have missed uh, the last couple of games here. Um, Lafferty is dealing with a back issue, and that leaves the Blackhawks with only 12 healthy forwards. Uh, Tyler Johnson, by the way, one thing that happened during one thing that happened, excuse me, during this little hiatus, Tyler Johnson was ramping up, looking like he was going to be coming back, and then all of a sudden. He's back in a walking boot following practice one day. So it seemed like, you know, either he suffered suffered a setback or things just didn't progress as fast as he hoped. Pretty unfortunate that Tyler Johnson just can't find a way to stay healthy, man. He looked really good to open up the season on the second line with Taze and Radish. Hasn't been able to get back on the ice since. So with Lafferty and Johnson out, yeah, the Blackhawks are stuck with only 12 healthy forwards on their roster. And then with Jared Tenorti, he's dealing with a hip injury that's forced him to miss the past couple of games. That left the Blackhawks with only six healthy defensemen on their roster, too. So just a few days ago, they decided to recall Ian Mitchell once again. He hasn't gotten back into the lineup since he's been recalled. Maybe on Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils is when Richardson finally decides to squeeze him back into the lineup. But yeah, because of these injuries, the Blackhawks really... Uh, have been forced to roll with the same lineup for each of those, each of their last three games now. Uh, as I mentioned, we could see Ian Mitchell on Tuesday, but uh, if not, that means there are going to be no lineup changes once again. But yeah, that was the lineup that the Blackhawks rolled with on Sunday, taking on the New York Islanders. And uh, let me say, Blackhawks fans, this game was fun for what, 20, 30 minutes? The first period was good. Blackhawks came out with, you know, a decent start. Uh, weren't able really to capitalize on some of their better scoring looks. And this was the period that was probably the most even battle between these two teams. Score wound up being nothing-nothing after the opening 20 minutes, but the second period is really where the tide started to turn in favor of the Islanders. Maybe fatigue was setting in for the Blackhawks, having two games in 24 hours. Whatever it was, the Islanders really took over this game in the second period. and. Uh, All three of their goals actually came in this middle frame as well. The first, by the way, really wonky one. Not sure if I've ever seen a video review longer than what we saw on uh, what eventually wound up being Matt Martin's goal to open the scoring in this game. It was over a two-minute review from the officials, and I still don't know how they came to this determination, how they felt they had enough evidence to overturn the call on the ice, which was no goal. You just couldn't tell. Patrick Sharp was even saying during the whole review process, he's like, good luck telling me that, you know, telling me what that is. No one could tell if it was a goal or not. Now, you know, maybe Toronto has some better angles than we do, sure, but it sure seemed hard to tell, and it sure seemed like there wasn't enough conclusive evidence to overturn the call. <laughs> That's what's what winds up freaking happening. Matt Martin gets credited with the opening goal of the game, and then... Things just started to unravel a little bit for the Blackhawks. Zach Parise gets a redirect goal in front of Soderblom to make this a 2-0 game. And then uh, Brock Nelson basically put the dagger in the Blackhawks with a one-timer goal to make their lead, uh, get their lead all the way up to three. And yeah, the Blackhawks just didn't have much of a fight back, didn't have much of a response. The final 40 minutes, they were credited with 
13 shots on goal, only finished with 21 total on the night. And, and yeah, to be fair though, you know, this Islanders team is one of the best, if not the best in the entire NHL at doing that. Um, but the Blackhawks just simply didn't have enough late in that game to uh, muster up a late push. They wind up getting shut out for the fourth time this season, all the seven, 13 and four on the year. It's been tough sledding for the Blackhawks ever since that four, two and zero start. They've now dropped 15 of their last 18 games overall and queue up the Dennis green. They are who we thought they were gifts folks, because this Chicago Blackhawks team, they now are who we thought they were going to be. And look, I talked earlier on in the year in the midst of this 4-2-0 start. And even after that, the first 10 games, I know the Blackhawks started to lose some of those, but they were right there each and every night in that first 10-game stretch to open up the season. I talked about how it wasn't going to be sustainable. And let's look at the things that were going well for the Blackhawks during that stretch. They weren't scoring the first goal ever. They were coming back from 2-0 deficits seemingly every night. Um, That's not going to be sustainable for this team. The offense, they were scoring timely goals, a lot of shorthanded goals as well, goals late in the third period and close games. Probably not a sustainable method for this team on paper that's you know not really a gifted offensive bunch. The special teams was really good. The Blackhawks' penalty kill was incredible out of the gate. The power play was firing on all cylinders. The goaltending, regardless of who it was, Mrazek, I thought, got off to a good start. Stalock, I thought, was even better. Soderblom, when he first came in, I mean, his first start against Buffalo, I think he made 40 saves. The Blackhawks were getting great goaltending early on in the season and in the month of November. All that really flipped. And that's the Chicago Blackhawks that we expected. And it really shouldn't be surprising. I know it's frustrating, but it shouldn't be surprising. Let's talk about what's happened now since the start of November. Also, the Blackhawks lose top defenseman Seth Jones, however you feel about him. That's going to be a tough role to fill. He plays nearly 30 minutes a night, the most in the entire NHL. It's going to be a tough gap to fill. The offense finally returned to being what we thought they were going to be. Patrick Kane's been a little bit slower. I mean, he's only got four goals on the season, right? Jonathan Taves has come back down to earth a little bit over the past couple of weeks. The goaltending hasn't been as good. Uh, Credit to the power play prior to the game against the Islanders, I mentioned. They had goals in four consecutive games, but They've come back down to earth. The penalty kill hasn't been as consistent. They haven't scored any shorthanded goals. The timely goals have kind of gone away. That's why it wasn't sustainable for the Blackhawks, what they were doing early on in the season. Um, And and again, I get it's frustrating, but this is the Blackhawks team that we expected to see for the majority of the season. This is who they are. This is what happens when you go into a full-blown rebuild. It's not going to be fun to watch, folks. But that's where we're at right now. The Blackhawks are going to get beat by better teams. They're going to be playing a lot of better teams throughout the course of the season. Every now and then, they'll probably come and surprise you with a good effort, and uh, maybe they get some good goaltending, or uh, the big guns come to play like we saw on Saturday against the Rangers, three-point games from Kane and Domi. Those are the games that the Blackhawks are going to come away victorious, but they're probably going to be few and far between the rest of the way. So buckle up, Blackhawks fans. 7-13-4 now on the season. Going to see a heck of a lot more losses throughout the way, especially when that trade deadline rolls around and start hearing rumors on Kane, on Taves, Domi, Athanasiu, potentially even more. So um, 
buckle up. It's going to be a long ride, Blackhawks fans. It was fun those first couple of weeks, but back to reality now. The Blackhawks are who we thought they were. All right, there are my thoughts on the Blackhawks weekend back-to-back in New York and their overall start to the season. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But first, real quick, I got to talk to you all about my favorite sports book, which is Bet Online. Go to betonline.net to check out the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis as we push towards the start of 2023. You can go and get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer. The FIFA World Cup's going on right now. Esports is blowing up. Golf season is around the corner. UFC's on every Saturday. Regardless of what you want to place a wager on, betonline.net has you covered. And also, betonline.net, if you love sports podcasts, which would only make sense if you're listening to this, BetOnline has you covered in that department too. They have sports podcasts, shows to let you know about everything, whatever you want to place a wager on. BetOnline is also the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fix. So head on over to the website today, or you can also use your mobile device right now to learn about all of the trends in action. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, before I go and wrap up the show today, folks, can't forget about our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. First question I wanted to answer today, let me scroll down and find it, I'm being a bot, comes from Cole Sloan on Twitter, who asked... Do you think the Blackhawks will trade Max Domi? I mean, he only has a one-year deal, and if we want to do this and get Connor, I think you have to start thinking about what you want to do with Kane and Taves first. I think they're all kind of in the same conversation. I know very different situations, but um, more so than not, more likely than not, Max Domi is going to get shipped by the Blackhawks, especially when he's got, what, five goals in his last six games right now, nine goals on the season already. I mean, look, Patrick Kane only has four goals, and Historically, his numbers are a little bit down right now, and Max Domi's not even up on his line. I mean, they've gone to Athens, Taves and Kane is the top line, but I thought Kershev, Domi, and Radish has been pretty darn good too. And Domi's also flashed his potential on the power play. On a Stanley Cup contender, he's probably not a top power play guy, but a good piece to put out there, you know, maybe on your third, fourth line, second power play unit. And you can get some offense from him as well as the grit, the scrappiness, the determination, the hustle, all that other stuff that Max Domi provides as well. I think he's just going to be really enticing. And considering that the Blackhawks are going to continue to give him top six opportunities, look, they just don't really have many other guys that can do that and fill that role on this roster. He's going to continue to get those chances all the way up until, you know, whenever the time comes. And I think, you know, he's shown that he could, he could, you know, put up numbers. I'm not going to say he's going to be a consistent point producer in that spot, but um, he's hot and cold, but I think he's going to be worth a shot from another team. I think someone would like to add him to their bottom six in a different type of role. And the Blackhawks, the name of their game right now is getting assets, getting assets from other teams, whether that's prospects or draft capital, that's the name of their game. And one year into Kyle Davidson's rebuild, we've seen that's the mentality that he wants. He wants to have as many picks 
in next year's draft as possible. He wants to have the prospect pool built back up. So given that it's going to be a good opportunity for him to do this with Max Domi, whether it's a second, third round pick, maybe a third and a prospect, fourth and a prospect, I don't know. Just throwing hypotheticals out there. I think the opportunity is too good for the Blackhawks. Uh, they're going to want those assets. So I get that. Um, Domi only has uh, a one-year deal, and maybe he could be a tweener throughout these rebuilding years, someone that you just kind of have to be a filler and don't really have in the long-term plans. I, I think the Blackhawks want to get something from him, get something for him. Uh, and it seems like, you know, they could capitalize on the opportunity with him putting up some numbers right now. So I just expect him to be traded. I also expect Kane and Taves to be traded though, too. I think it could be a fire sale for the Blackhawks come deadline time. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see though. Second question I'm going to answer today comes from Madison J who asked, why isn't Lucas Reichel up in the NHL? If he's by far the best player down with the ice hogs and is putting up consistent numbers, when will this happen? It's going to happen at some point. Again, I think kind of following up from the last question too, once the Blackhawks do trade some of those players as expected, there's going to be a lot of open slots in the lineup, particularly in the top six where the Blackhawks want Lucas Reichel to be if he's up in the NHL. They're not going to put him down on the third line or down on the fourth line. There are two options. Lucas Reichel can either be playing in the top six in Chicago or he can be the man down in Rockford. And there's value to both of them. There's an argument that Lucas Reichel could be learning more up in the NHL right now. But the Blackhawks just want to be really patient. Again, that's the name of their game in a full-blown rebuild. Being patient, taking on draft capital, um, and really changing the tides of the organization from top to bottom. So I think Lucas Reichel's in a fine spot right now. He is really, he's looking really good down with Rockford to start this season. Uh, but the time is coming. I don't know exactly when, but I'd guess as we start getting towards spring, February, March, deadline season, uh, Lucas Reichel is going to be up with the Blackhawks. Just kind of a numbers game right now. I get they're not healthy, but there's just not really a cut, a clear cut spot for him at the moment. So be patient as the Blackhawks are being with Reichel Blackhawks fans. Be patient with this kid. He's going to be up eventually. I expect it to probably be February or March. The third and final question I'm going to answer today comes from Timmy Harper, who asked, are we expecting next year to be better or worse than what we're going through right now? And I thought about this one. And my final answer is going to be, it's hard to know right now. I'd expect more of the same. Um, the 2024 NHL draft is not going to be as deep as and as incentivizing as this year's draft. So uh, I don't know if the Blackhawks are going to be, you know, tanking as hard as they are behind the scenes. Uh, next year. Of course, Davidson would never admit to it, but we know what the plan is deep down. I, I think it's going to be more of the same. It's, it's hard to tell. It's going to be better or worse. Uh, we'll probably see more prospects come in. It'll be interesting to see what the Blackhawks go and do in free agency this offseason, though, too. I don't expect them to be very aggressive, but uh, probably trying to sign guys like Domi and Athanasiu, guys on one-year deals who know they're going to get an opportunity to play some minutes, a position to succeed. The team's probably not going to be very good, but a good spot for them to be in to try to capitalize financially moving forward in their careers. So uh, probably more of the same if I had to guess for the Blackhawks. Uh, it will be, I think, a little bit more fun, though, knowing that some of the prospects who are either down in Rockford right now or still playing junior hockey or with their collegiate programs, there's a chance, a good chance, that we're going to see more of the key puzzle pieces, Kyle Davidson's pieces, 
uh, to this rebuild, finally step on the scene with the Blackhawks. I do think next year is going to be more fun all in all than this season. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, December 5th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and make sure if you're not already to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcasts and to go and subscribe on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, make sure to go and make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account. Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again. That's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.